Oh my. No my. Hi at MY. And welcome to Two To Do Podcasts. With your hosts, Fine and Craig. Kyolda. Kyolda. Back at it again. Episode two. Didn't think we we're going to make it past episode one. I thought we were just going to be a one pump chump, but we're here again. Here we're we are. Here again. Here again. Uh, just before we uh, get underway, we'd like to make a special thanks to the the engineer. What a human, uh, Steen, on uh, on the editing over there. Say hello to everybody, Steen. Hey boys, how's it going? Hello, hey, everyone. He's the backbone of us, brother. If we wouldn't be here without him, he's the main man. We got to thank him every single day we come in here. Mm. Boys, if you weren't here, I'd be recording nothing. Oh. Just be silence. Oh, look what a humble fella. Oh, it's reciprocal, man. If if a foundation was embodied, mate, mm. here he is. He's a strong concrete ground Cheer, for us being the tall building. Now that that's out of the way, what you got for us, bro? Brother, brother, happy Easter, eh? Mm. Happy Easter. What, what did you get up to over Easter, brother? I, oh, I tell you what, the Easter Bunny blessed me kindly uh, over the Easter weekend in that uh, he chucked me in an airplane and threw me out at 12,000 feet, bro. Oh, yeah, for real. It was unreal. Uh, I, I tell you what, the world has never seen so small when you are 12,000 feet, but never so blissful either, brother. Uh, mm, it was unreal. Uh, how, how was the experience? Like, where were you and what did you do? So uh, we were in we were in Topol. We were in Topol, right? And uh, it was completely ad hoc that we go for a skydive. And, um, yeah, just got ready, uh, shed bricks all the way up. But uh, as soon as we jumped out that plane and that parachute came up, brother, oh, never have I ever felt so safe in my life, bro. Mm. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was a mean experience. Um, yeah, nothing like a dream. Nothing like a dream. Like you know when you're flying in a dream, mm. and uh, then it happens for real. Nothing like a dream, bro. Mm. Yeah. How about you? How about you? How's how's oh. the Easter Bunny blessed your uh, blessed your prison? So the Easter Bunny blessed me with a fourteen hundred dollar fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> what for? <laughs> well, it's basically a fine, but it wasn't a fine. It was a bill. Um, Mm. You know what, brother? Treat your car right. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> treat your car right. Just treat your car right. I feel I feel you on that one, bro. I feel on that one. My car currently has a two thousand dollar debt going onto it. Ah, mana. Mana. Yeah, bro. So really embodying the name fine at the moment. Kelda. <laughs> what else you get up to, bro? What else you get up to? Uh, what else did I get up to, brother? Well, I woke up and uh watched some good YouTube, brother. We kept life was simple, we. Eh? You know what, for four days, I woke up and said, what do I have to do today? <laughs> the mundane things in life. Do I do I have tests coming up? Yes. <laughs> do I have assignments I have to write? Yeah. Do I give a shit? Nah. Kia ora, Good, good, good. As a wise man once said, diamonds are made under pressure. Mm, say it again. Diamonds are made under pressure. Under pressure, beautiful. And so uh, I'm going to wait till that pressure comes. And this beautiful coal that I call my assignments are going to turn into beautiful A minuses, maybe a bit higher, especially if they're Maori assignments. But here they come. Mm. What else did you get up to over over East End? That that wasn't that can't have been the only thing that you did in a uh, topo. Other other than the consumption of a plethora of chocolate, bro, we went out to um, uh, seeing Alto Roidangi, the, mm. the 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 stone carving out on Lake Topo. And I tell you what, mate, oh. She's got a different modi over there, and it's not—it's not even just Ngato Roirangi that's there. I didn't realize that there were other carvings to the left of him, mm. on the where the rocks kind of cascade. Um, there were more more things carved in. Mm. Um, Rangi Nui, um, a 
his Ngato Roirangi's apparently spiritual form, the Tuatara. And if we go around the back, there's a um, there's another carving behind it. It's a it's a lady, and apparently that's Ngato Roirangi's Kaitiaki, or at least the carving's Kaitiaki. If you look through it, um, at a certain angle, it looks like a that the um the carving fits in with Ngato Roirangi. Mm. Yeah, it was it was unreal. It was unreal. And the lady, the lady that we had taking us out there. Man, she was so knowledgeable, so knowledgeable, in fact, that she knew too many Māori stories that she started mixing them together. Wow. Which was so, which was so random. Um, like, she was starting to talk about the creation story of Ranginui and Papatuanuku, and then went on to talk about Hinenui Te Pō, and then Ngātoro Rangi as well. But she, she, she stuffed it up a little bit and mixed them together. Mm. So she was going, Ranginui Te Pō. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool! Is that is that a is that a new thing that I haven't known about?" And this lady's Pākehā too. And I, so I went up to ask her, and she was like, "Who's Ranginui Te Pō?" And then very humbly, she's like, oh, "I just stuffed the story up a little bit because I've because I was talking about the other one." I was like, "Oh, yeah, no, nah, all good," because she knows too many Māori stories at the same time that she can't different she couldn't differentiate them at that point in time. It was mm. yeah. Very wonderful lady, I think. By any chance, did you get her name? No, I didn't. I was just gonna say that too. I didn't get her name, but uh. Yeah, lovely human being, lovely lady. That lady needs proper compensation and proper acknowledgement because that's incredible. And even just going off of that, just just imagine how many beautiful narratives, not only Māori, but all narratives around the world, how beautiful they are, eh? Mm. And, like, imagine those individuals that have been able to capture those in, those narratives and accidentally mix them up. Imagine that new story. Mm. Like, like, imagine the combination of, say... The narrative of Zeus and Poseidon and combining them and accidentally creating a new beautiful narrative from that. Or say more Norse mythology knowledge. Mixed into the two. Bit of a amalgamation of two stories. Oh, it's possible. Mm. Very possible. It's it's very incredible how, how stories like that just develop, eh? Mm. Because all all people are natural storytellers. Whether they're quality storytellers We'll find out. <laughs> That's true. Another another main story that she um she whipped out on us was um I can't remember the Tanifa. There's a Tanifa living in Topo. Um, you know how Topo is a, a an active volcano. I think the which used was a at the area of it was the caldera. Mm. Um, there's stuff that bubbles up um from the the very bottom of Lake Topo. And she was saying that that's the breath of the Tanifa. Mm. That's the guard of the island in Topo. Um, where all the chiefs are buried, mm. and every time you see that, you—that's the twenty-five breathing. And um, I was like, "Oh, that's uh, that's a story I've never heard." Like, despite being on this earth and studying Te Reo Māori and Tikanga for so long, still a plethora of stories that like haven't been shared yet or haven't aren't widely known yet. Um, especially for me, it was quite surprising because I'm not often am I surprised by stories about Tikanga or stories about Māori mythology being shared. Um, yeah, so that was a surprising and very humbling moment for me to have mm. heard a story from someone who I wouldn't expect to hear it from. It was yeah, it was cool. Really changed my perspective on things a little bit. But anyway, that was a bit too deep. No, no, well, no, no, no. This is why Two Tutu has been established, brother. We we're here to yarn, natural yarns. We don't like planning much yarns. Mm. We just want it to flow naturally, like a beautiful hour mm. known as the Wanganui River. Oh, <laughs> wow, wow. Stunning. Well, a person even. <coughs> the person. The person. The longest person. <laughs> Kia ora. Mm. Kia ora. Our cousins is from Tiriwira, still the tallest. So we're going to have the, the longest. longest. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Mm. Well, brother, well, brother. It's incredible. 
it is incredible that we have people like that to tell our stories. Mm. But um, before we carry on, I, d- I just would like to say, Topo Nuyatia, its full name even, is uh, is where my mother and my uncle are from. Oh. Yeah, my uh, my mother my mother grew up there for a very long time. She went to Tohara, Tohara College. Mm-hmm. If anyone knows where Tohara College is, shout out. She was taught by Tūrūrua Flavel was he was there. And um, due to the mischievous nature of the host family, she had to go to Topol New Yard to <laughs> high school. <laughs> oh, yes, kia ora, I was weird. <laughs> mm, yep. And uh, was she a good student there? We'll find out later. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, she she at the time had a very fun time in, in Topol. It is a lovely town. It's the Queenstown of North Island, mm. when you think about it. And my uncle... My uncle Jason Hose, he still lives there. Um, he's been the manager for My Music Topo, a music store that's been running in Topo for 20 plus years. I can show you photos of when I was a bubba sitting on the counter. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, brother, I'll, I'll show you. I'll, I'll give it to Steen and he'll put it up on the next visual. That's Nardwa worthy. It's <coughs> a Nardwa worthy mm. dive right there. And um, the, the countertop has not changed in 20 years. Mm. <laughs> that's how I have to tell you, but... The beauty of music in that store is just just flows. But yeah, uh, Topo is a strong place in my family and a strong place in my heart because I think until the age of five, I went there every weekend to see my uncle. I love Topo. Yeah, Topo is so good. But do you know what I love more? What? Tomaru Nui. <laughs> Center of the universe. I tell you, that last episode, mate, I talked about that bakery, brother. I tried going there on the way down and it was closed. <laughs> I was sad. Two weeks in a row, bro. Saddened. You know what, brother? We need to look at the 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 traditional Maori stories, and they say sometimes unlucky us, and that was you that day. You were the unlucky us. You know what? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought a simple trip to the bakery would be easy peasy lemon squeezy, but it was ua 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 lemon ua ua. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who aren't versed in Te Maori, I just said it's a difficult, difficult lemon, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you have to wear a yellow shirt today and say that, bro? <laughs> bloody, bloody hell. Hey, it, it's a, a lemon talking to Barney, bro. That's that's oh, what it is. Kelda. Anyway. Well, brother, talking about difficult, difficult, lemon, difficult, <laughs> beautiful segue, what did we get up to yesterday? <laughs> oh, mate. Oh. So we had a bit of a head, ad hoc trip to um, a very fine establishment known as the... Unlucky Us. Um, oh, are they sponsoring us? Oh, well, no, they're not, actually. So if you could just edit that out. <laughs> yeah, shot. A very fine establishment. And we went in um, uh, on a, a bit of an investment venture. And I'll tell you what, with what we walked in with, uh, was pretty much the same as what we walked out with. But <laughs> the amount of time we spent there uh, investing uh, was was unreal. We were there from like... We walked in there at uh, 1.45 and we walked out. At five o'clock. <laughs> disgusting, disgusting. If you haven't caught on, we're talking about the pokies, but anyway. Um, it was a beautiful day at the pokies, brother, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I, I've never been on such an emotional roller coaster in my life. We were actually planning the stuff we were going to talk about on this podcast there. And every time we talked about it, we got interrupted by features upon feature upon feature. It was upon mini bonus, upon major bonus came up twice. We were so... Fucking close to getting the major bonus twice, brother. 
It was disgusting. We were trying to trying to figure out Kaupapa and then something hits and then one of us, whoever's sitting on that particular chair at that time, gets ragdolled by the other one just watching. I'll tell you, I got manhandled at least three times <laughs> every half an hour. So once every 10 minutes, my shoulder was popped out and then I finally popped it back in just to get it popped out again. <laughs> but finally, just so you know, the moral of the story is, is that if you walk in with nothing, you're going to walk out with nothing. Kelda. But if you walk in and have to pay a loan, pay it back, please. Pay it back. And, and what did I do, my brother? Oh, mate, it was... If the circle of life was a song about the pokies, mate, this is what it was. So we walked in, so I walked in with some... a dubious amount of um, income, and I, I split it with my, my associate over there. Uh, and... When he'd win, he'd pay me back. Then I'd chuck it in, and I'd win. Then I'd give him some money. Then he'd have to pay me back. And uh, this went on for quite a while. Um, uh, long story short, he still owes me $20, but all good. <laughs> but I'm not going to hold it against him because uh, it was the experience that counted. Like I said to him yesterday, it's not the destination. It's, it's the, the journey. journey. Car by, car by. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my friend over there, my my esteemed associate. Ooh. Sharp. He gave me he gave me a koha of uh, thirty dollars, mm. and um, I don't know how much he walked in with. I think it was also thirty dollars, was it? That you put out the eighteen? Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I found a nice, comfortable chair and a nice, beautiful looking pokies, and um, I went rolling with it. I was doing thirty cent bets, and I was doing pretty comfortable. My friend over there, I think it was doing two dollar fifty bets because he didn't give a shit about the money that he had. That's, it was a dollar actually. Uh, felt faster. <coughs> <coughs> then. Uh, yeah, he ran out of money. I, I still had the $10 note in my hand and gave it over because I was like, actually, I don't want to be the only one here. I want him to have a 10. Mm. Then he had the $10 and spent it in five minutes, and uh, I was still running. Which is actually pretty impressive for five minutes on $10, <coughs> especially mm. on a dollar bet. Mm. And uh, during my time, every time I went to $15, I'll get a feature. Or I'll get a, I'll get, I'll get a bonus or something outrageous would happen. And then I'll get manhandled. <laughs> and then I'll go up to like $40, $50. I'll take all the money out, pay him back, and put the money I'd had back in. Then I'll drop down to 15 And then I myself be like, fuck, man. I should have just saved my money out. <laughs> man, I could have walked out with a profit. And then I'll, I'll start internalizing this complicated situation in my head. And I'll be like, fuck, man. And then out of nowhere, boom, feature, manhandled, shoulder popped. And um, then I'm back up to 40 bucks. I'm like, oh, no, fuck out. I'm going to carry on. I reckon we could do it out. Relatable content. Very, very. Um, we're not going to publish this to uh, any addiction uh, sites. but No, not at all. So in saying that, uh, for anyone who is uh, into <sighs> investing a little bit, please invest or gamble responsibly. Yeah. But this isn't, this isn't to uh, glorify gambling at all. This is just a fine experience that we had uh, on an ad hoc moment uh, to a pub. Mm, yes. Yeah. Good. Good call on that one, brother. Got to make sure people that have addictions um, just can find an avenue out of those addictions. Eh? Exactly. Because not always you're going to get the major bonus. Sometimes you're going to get the major debt. Sometimes you're going to get the major struggles. But make sure let's let's all make sure we don't get into the major struggles. Let's sure make sure we stay in the major success. Gilda. Mm. 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 So, so um. What do you have to think about, brother? What's internalising in your mind at the moment? In mine? Yeah, in yours. Um, 
I tell you, I, t- I came. I had a bit of an epiphany the other day. Mm. <clears throat> I don't know if you could call it an epiphany, but it was just a random thought um, that I, I thought would be great to put to the um, put to the forum today. Um, and it has to do with music, actually, which I think is around your yeah, yeah, yeah I knew it, which is around your avenue. It's not. It's, it's nothing to do with what we've talked about, mm. but it is a quite a cool topic. And my question to you is, bro, if those were if those great artists that had passed away before our time, I'm talking about 1990. Prior to that, were alive now. What would the current form of music as a as a whole look like today? And I'm talking if MJ was still alive. If Jimi Hendrix was still alive, Marley, MJ, Stevie Ray. MJ Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, he died in 2008, so I don't know oh, what the yeah, fuck well, you're talking I, about. I'm, I'm counting him because he was influential. Okay, 28 and then 1990 back. 28? 2008 and then 90s back. What would what would the music image look like today? Can, can we go before before our birth year, so 98? 99 for me. Well, I'm 99, but I said before our birth year, so 98. Oh, yeah. I thought, yeah. Gotcha. Ah, couple. Um, mm. Wow. I, uh, that is a very difficult and laid question. Mm. Like, because we don't understand how influential some people could have been even more. Like, imagine if Jimi Hendrix continued to develop. Like, how long did he play? He only played for a couple years. But he was unreal. He, he, was, he was instantly crowned a king. A god on the guitars. A man that's fingers are so sharp. He could play six guitars with five fingers. Wow. Wow. That's a statement. Holy <laughs> God. <laughs> nah, like, I think, I think the beauty of music sometimes, excluding post-hominous releases, because um, we'll, get, we'll get back to that. Mm. I think the music that's developed by the artists during their lifespan is what they wanted for the people to hear. It's the ideas that they portrayed in their mind that they wanted to project out to the people. Like think about Dirty Diana by Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Uh, remember the time. Remember the time. Uh. Like think about all these famous Michael Jackson songs that are so integral for that time period. And like even the albums, the bad album, the thriller album, the like all of, all of them, not only Michael Jackson albums, but like Bob Marley's albums. And all they like imagine all those, all the ideas that they portray like had in their mind and they shot it into these words, brother. I think I, uh, we can't really project what their influence would be because because their ideas come from their surroundings. Mm. Their idea, like like think about it even today. Like music today is influenced by their surroundings, by their predecessors, and by their by their initial thoughts on on certain concepts. Like think about Dua Lipa on relationships and all that, or Megan Thee Stallion on hot girl shit, um, or like all these other strong musicians of today. I'm, I'm not really answering your question because it's too fucking hard. <laughs> but really, I don't. I don't think we can ever take musicians out of their era and place them into our era. Exact same thing with sports because it's too hard for us to comprehend what their abilities will be like in today's circumstances. Mm. But we, in our circumstance today, can reflect back on what they were before. We can analyse what they were thinking of in 1979. We can think about what the Beatles were going through during Beatlemania 
or when they were doing the invasion of the US. We can think about those things, but they can't comprehend going forward into our time period because then they have to consider everything they, they missed out on. Imagine all the ideas that John Lennon would have to have to think about from his assassination to now. That's nearly 50, 60 years worth of content right there. Just segueing off that then, what do you think the next evolutionary step for music's image will be, my, my learned associate? <sighs> Much appreciation from, from a strong singer over there and an influenced mind of music. Mm, thank you, um, Kia ora. What the future beholds for the music industry, development and growth. How is that going to be shown? I don't know. Because we never know what the future's going to be. I tell you, five years ago, we wouldn't have ever thought of the baby, Lil Nas X. We would have never thought five years ago that, oh, Kendrick Lamar's not going to drop an album till next year. Yeah, next year was 2022. Fuck, man. We would never think of Frank Ocean not dropping again. Mm. Like, all of these all of these musicians influenced their time period that's, uh, <coughs> fuck, that's developed into what we got now. So what the people are doing today is what's going to develop the ideas of tomorrow. So I can't, I can't really tell you what the future of music is going to look like because it's upon the individual that writes it. Mm. Like, like J. Cole can drop another album, but that's his thoughts on his world. Mr. Harley Pitiero over there, Mr. Fine, can write an album on his perspective on his world. So it's all dependent on what you do as an artist, and how it impacts the world. Philosophical, bro. Wow. Wow. And that's why I love 2 2 Wow. Wow. Beautiful, organic corridor that just came up out of nowhere. But, like, with you, sir, you you are a very strong man in the world of the music, a, a barbershop singing man, a quartet man, a man that is featured on the television many a times. What is this, a promo? Yes, it could be. Fuck. It could be to promote your abilities for future employees. Um, what What do you think is the impact, uh, is um, music today, and how it will impact the future? The, say the next five to ten years. I can't believe you just reversed my question onto me. I can't believe it. That's unreal. You really want my opinion on the future of music? I really want your opinion, learned opinion. Sorry. Mm -hmm. On the future of music. Well, you're just gonna get a plain old opinion. That's that's all. You, that's all I'm gonna. That's all I can afford to give at this point in time, Chief. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I think where we're currently going, I think music has evolved based on the specific messages that are being um, portrayed at the time. So let let's say 10 years from now. No, let's narrow it down even more. Let's go five years from now. I think music will probably be the same as it is today. Um, not 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 saying that it'll, it it'll be like overdone stuff, but that the message that um, the image of music is trying to portray, I think, will be relatively the same. Um, for the purpose of you know trying to change a I don't know change a a general opinion of something like a like a political message or something like that. Um, the reason why I say it'll probably be still the same is because this this the very same message is been portrayed in the last 10 years and like they say Rome wasn't built in a day so um man I'm good Ooh, uh, <laughs> uh yeah I, th I think that'll continue to um eventuate until it 
the message changes to mm. hopefully something more, I don't know, happy. <laughs> oh, that's a big word, happy. Mm. Happy. <laughs> happy. Well, it's actually, quite, it's actually quite good that you bring up the idea of the message because that's a perfect segue to something that I have to ask. Oh, Kelda. So Let's hit it. So recently I was watching a 20-minute documentary from, I forgot the, the YouTube channel, but it was called Hood Diaries South Auckland. And and it was actually a really insightful documentary. This man went around Manurewa, I think, um, just a lot of the main areas of South Auckland. Uh-huh. And he was showing us what his life was like in his society. So my question for you, brother, we've both come from small towns. We have. We've both gone to big cities. Uh-huh. We've both had very different lives and very different worlds. Yep. My part for you, brother, is how did your world impact you? A lot, bro. A lot. Mate, let me tell you the story about the small town struggles, man. Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I come from a small town called Levin. Um, very, very humble town. Uh, I think one of the only achievements we um, have that's really worth noting is that um, Carlos Spencer's from there. Um, and uh, we have a, a mean ass park called the Adventure Park. Mm. If you haven't been, go. Anyway, yeah, life life was uh, for for me actually coming from a small town was quite fast, real fast. Uh, How fast, brother? Too fast. Oh, too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. For for me, because I I was I I ebbed and flowed. I I came in and out of um economic struggle. Like when I first started out, um, I was pretty set. I was real set. Um. And then I don't know we got hit with a with a bit of struggle, and then came back out of it. it was, so it was it was a bit of a fast lane slow lane kind of kind of deal. Um, but schooling, man, uh, I would give I would give anything to turn back time to go back to schooling in a small town, bro. Mm. When when the biggest thing you would worry about is lunch. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, bro. Lunch and the mo- the biggest thing you looked forward to was Friday afternoon. I tell you what, brother, SpongeBob on Channel Two was fire, bro. Lord, that was the last cartoon that came on before before TV got adult. It went it went something like uh, Fairy Odd Parents, Transformers, SpongeBob, and then you knew it was just depression for like the next two hours. And then seven o'clock was Shorten Street. Oh, mate, that's so embedded in my mind because I was on routine for TV back then every single day. Oh, that was the that was a big struggle was getting home on time to watch my cartoons before mum came home and started watching her stuff like Jeremy Kyle or um, what else was on? Judge bit? Judy. Judge Judy, Ooh. man. And infomercials. Oh, Four that. hours of infomercials, bro, when you're sick from school. Yes, those are bad days, oh, Mate. Oh. oh. Yeah. That's that's days off, wanting days off back then at school. For me, I hated because it was just at home watching infomercials all day. There was none of this sky sky back then, nah, none of this freeview. Mm. It was aerial aerial TV, brother. Yeah. And if you didn't have an aerial that worked, whip out a metal mm. coat hanger, bro. There it is. We had a TV that you could actually tune the picture to, like volume, bro. We had old school TV. And if we had the aerial in right, the TV would still be murky, so we'd have to change it. And if we got it, the image right, the colour wouldn't be there. <laughs> Lord, it was a struggle. Oh, mate. I thought uni was hard. Mm. Finding the correct time for that TV to have colour, barbaric, barbaric. 
Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, um, school schooling back then was so mean. Definitely think that. Um, obviously, it was integral to who I am today. But um, the certain things that we were allowed to do back then that we can't do now, that as adults, man, so sad. The simple shot of um. <laughs> I'm going to out myself here a little bit. Apologize to every single student that I did this to back in primary. Um, but just understand that I was on Struggle Street at the time. And if you really want me to, I will pay you back. <coughs> um, so when I was in year six and I think year seven, year six and seven, our bag bay was at the back of our class. <laughs> was at the back of our class. Um, so we had our classroom the kitchen or the liner which connected to the, all the other classes um, and our bag bay was at the back by the by the play by the playground which is where we'd enter hang up our bag and come to class um, whenever I needed to go to the toilet and I knew I had nothing to eat bro or if I knew that everyone else had meaner snacks than me because I was I, I was sitting on a you know respectable humble peanut butter sandwiches apple and maybe a muesli bar on the side on some days um, but on this particular day, um, I had a mean lunch, but everyone else had the mean snacks that you like your average Maori whānau wouldn't buy. I'm talking um, the hundreds and thousand bars, toffee pops, toffee pops, bro. String the the fruit strings, mm, the, oh, the ones that are like rollers and shit. The roll ups, bro. Oh, talk about it, man. Oh, one cat came in with a bottle of Raro, bro. You best believe I racks that before they could see, bro. Oh, man. I can't remember his name. I'm not going to out him. But if you know who you are, hit me up and I'll pay you back a sachet of Raro. Yeah, man. I went in there and um, unregrettedly stole people's lunches. I didn't steal all of it. I just stole the good shit. So, like, I left them with enough to get through the day, <laughs> even though I had plenty. <laughs> and I took that stuff and I thought I was bawling. This one time, this fella had chocolate-covered teddy bears, bro. Oh, you have no idea how integral that was to my happiness back then. Never had it before. Knew he had it. So I took it. I took it, and I ate it in class in front of everybody. And that fella I stole it off of came back into the room from the front door. I had it in my hand. I'm about to eat another one, and I froze. Oh, <laughs> if you could picture, if you could look up getting caught red-handed in the dictionary, it would be my face halfway to eat a teddy bear. And as soon as he saw me, we locked eyes. He ran to his bag, and I tried to make up the most bullshit statement to lie. I was like, no, it wasn't me. No, I, my mum picked these. <laughs> Yeah, so that was good times. Good times. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, to all of those people that did it too. Just hit me up in. Um, hey, bro, you were only uh, borrowing that food. You weren't stealing it, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 technically I did give it back. <laughs> just, you know, through more natural uh, phases. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> so, That's all right, brother. You, uh, sometimes some people do have the issue of sticky fingers. Mm. Um, I, I saw a video recently um, at Kmart. And, uh, oh and, my <laughs> god! And um and very local. There were there were some people there, some very sticky fingers to the security guards here. Even oh the audacity of that! Did you watch that video? Oh my god, the audacity! So um, oh, if, if we were doing visuals right now, yeah. if we had a TV, I'd pull it up. Um, you go, yeah. Uh, some individuals were very very needy 
like our friend over there, mm. they 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 needed to go to someone's backpack, but in this case, uh, someone's shop, mm. and um, instead of uh, stealing chocolate covered uh, teddy bears, they were stealing bedding and everything, they, tongs, yeah, just pots. Just seemed like they they were moving in to a new place and uh, just didn't like the stuff that they already had. Yeah, I think the shopping cart was integral to their movement as well. Oh my God, but uh, yeah, that, that was a very um. It's a it's a must watch. <laughs> and those those poor security guards. One of them I know because she used to be a regular at my work when I worked at BP. Oh, I felt so sorry for her. In the video, so it's two two women in Kmart, um, and they just got snapped stealing a whole trolley worth of stuff, and then they started blaming the security guard, like it's their fault. And, oh lord! And this poor the poor security guard there was getting thrashed at with tongs. And getting her hair pulled by one other one. And then this brother comes along, quite a big fella too, who's trying to break it up. Oh, man, this cat looked like he could take them both. He didn't. And I was quite saddened at that because at from certain angles, it looked like that he was on it too. He was on, he was in on it as well. Cahoots even. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he was. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Steen's pulled it. St- engineers pulled it up. Have a watch of that, bro. This and is why we need a screen over there and get the visuals up. Yeah, we'll, it, it was. We'll link it in the description. Yeah, Yay. yeah, yeah. Have, have a watch and then formulate your own opinion. But to me, man, ah, oh, I said this to my um my Fano when we when we watched it at the time in Topol, and I said, man, this is going to set us back about two hundred years. Uh, hey, I don't. I don't oh man. Yeah. Now I have a perfect TikTok for you, and I'll send it to you as well to link that in the description because it's the exact same thing as what you just said, oh, brother. Is it? <laughs> it oh is. no! You, you just caught yourself in a good TikTok, brother. Uh-huh. Uh, this man's a joker. Uh-huh. He is hundred percent a joke. Uh-huh. But anyway, it perfectly links back to that's the society that they grew up in. That's the perspectives that they grew up in. And well, thank you for sharing your perspectives on how you stole food naturally. Mm. Oh, you're 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 a good man. You're a good man for acknowledging your past uh, transgressions, even, and wanting to reconcile with those issues. I uh, I do, but mate, I tell you, I was up, I was up, bro, I was up. What's a sure? Can you share with? Have you had a similar experience to to mine prior? Oh my what, brother, in the small town world. My brother, the the small town world was a was a lovely place. Mm. Uh, I I appreciate every single minute. At the time, but I didn't think I appreciated it. Mm. Oh, I hear you. Do, do you? Yeah, like people from smaller towns and smaller areas don't really like that. Oh, our shops closed at four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Oh, Macca's is closed. It's bloody eight. <laughs> like those small things. But then you sit back and realize, I kind of like it like that. I kind of like it when the world's a bit slower. Like, we live in Hamilton, not the biggest city in, in the country, but... To us. To us, it's... it's Some days too fast. I'm comfortable with seeing two cars on the road, mm. driving and parked. <laughs> I just want to just I just want to go back to that. You said Macca's closed at 8. Um, back in Taumaranui at that time, did you have Macca's? We, we got McDonald's in 2010, brother. Do you want to know why? Why? Because my mother was uh, working there, and I went to the port with you. <laughs> <laughs> you had Pohiri for yes. Maccas. So when oh. uh, so when uh Porirua did um did uh Hakato took it for KFC a couple of years back yes. when it reopened. Uh-huh. Um no, we were a step ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> we did uh we did a, a morning 
opening uh. and then we did another opening and then we also had the ability to get uh sir colin meets rest in peace mister and um sir rip my ball bags i forgot his name <laughs> <laughs> um i forgot his name he, he played rugby and you're right for the fuck <laughs> but oh, what's his I'm name i'm sorry what <laughs> i'm sorry what what was his name um colin meets Kelda. yeah sir colin meets rest in peace and um Mr. Rip my ball bag. <laughs> Who is this? Uh, is he alive at least? He's still alive. Oh, thank um, God. Um, <laughs> Buck Shelford. Oh, my God. Oh, oh rip my ball bag. What the hell? Um, Buck Shelford, yeah, so you disrespectful we, bastard. Well, am I wrong? Am I wrong? He did, though, in one game. Not, no, Buck's not disrespectful. You are. No, no, I'm just I'm just acknowledging what happened. It's, it's a true fact. Oh. But, yeah, so um, we, had, we had Buck Shelford. Sir Colin Meads and uh, the best man, the man that took it all, Ronald McDonald, their president. So they were they were throwing out rugby balls. They were throwing out rugby balls one time and uh, uh, at the opening, and they all signed it. And, and I was like, I want a rugby ball. Uh, just to note, I, I'm not really a rugby fan. I didn't grow up around it anyway. Um, so uh, I, w- I was lucky enough to be one of the good Māori that caught the ball, not dropped it like some other people. Mm. I caught it and. Mm. And I looked at it and I was like, it's missing a signature. So I went up to Ronald McDonald and asked him to sign it. <laughs> did he? <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. I still got it at home, brother. It's 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 still it's still there. And it's it's nice to look back at because well, I I was privileged enough to meet Sir Colin Meads uh prior to his passing. Big up Pine Tree. Here's a question. Here's a question, you this is quite a dangerous question too. At that poor Along with everyone that was speaking on the Pi Pi, I would assume, where was Ronald McDonald sitting? <laughs> um, since a, wait, are you talking about the one in the morning? Because he was not present at the morning one. Was he at a, at present at a party? I. That's twelve years ago, brother. Well, if you were to put him anywhere on the Pi Pi, where would you sit him? He's a first speaker. If you ask oh. me. <laughs> Yep, Kelda, he is a first speaker. That's all I wanted to he hear. His tongue is a windward in that case. That's all I wanted to hear. Thank you. Um, nah, man, brother. Like I really, I really love small town New Zealand. Mm. Like agricultural town New Zealand. Everyone's rough as guts. Everyone's hard as hell. Everything closes early, but everything opens early. Mm. And like we may not have the flash of services. We may not have the the dentist or or the the. Yeah, the dentist. I think this is more of a personal uh, experience then. Oh yes, yes, very personal. We may not have the flasher uh, plastic surgeons or or the flasher uh, flash like PB Tech or or the big stores, but do you know what we have? Mana. We have retrovision. We have a hundred percent appliances. We have the two dollar shop on Hakiaha Street. We have the bare necessities. Oh, the simple bare necessities mm, of life. It's you don't really need much when you're in small town New Zealand. Mm. And that's that's what I mean. You don't you don't need the the Rolls Royce. You don't need the flash phone. It's just if it works, it works. If it don't, go without. That's a message for you. That's a message for you that the simple things, the mundane things in life, are enough. Mm. Enough to get you by. Even enough to to send you flying. Yes, yes. But um, yeah, what happened with me, and probably what happened with you, it sent me flying to Hamilton because I couldn't <coughs> land the shit that I wanted to do. Sometimes in order to grow, bro, you need to expand your area of growth. Yes. So that's what we did. That's what we did. And um, 
yeah, as, as you heard last week, we met up at uni and here we are now. We met up before we even studied at uni when we were when we were getting our, our, our feet wet. Our feet wet in the beautiful lake here. And out of out of all the things that uh, we've been studying, our biggest achievement is starting a podcast. You know what's a close second, brother? <laughs> WSU director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. WSU. Graduation is a is a respectable third at this point. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah. But do you know what's one integral memory that like founded my society and mm. how I've grown up? Mm. Is never stop looking forward. Mm. But always acknowledge what was behind you. Mm. If 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 you look forward for the rest of your life, you're destined to make the mistakes from previous. But if you keep looking backwards twenty four seven, you're gonna smack your head into a pole. <laughs> That's so true, brother. That's so true. You can tell me honestly, how many times have you smacked your head on a pole and you were not looking at it? <laughs> I know I have. Well, well, that's fair. That is a fair. That's a fair statement. It just caught me off guard. That's all. I was I was ready for something you know so impactful. Well, I guess a pole isn't quite impactful <laughs> to be honest. It impacts the road, brother. It impacts our life. And, and in your case, it impacts your dome. <laughs> oh, you, you think you're funny, yeah? <laughs> nah, man. Like, yeah, so I, every time I get to go back to Tomari Nui, I, I appreciate my time there. But mm. I don't like going back too much. I mm. like um, I like savouring the time. I like having a taster. Because I know at the end of the day, I'm going to be going back home. Mm. But I don't want to waste my time looking back. Mm. And being like, ah, oh, I miss home. Mm. Oh, I want to go home all the time. Let's go home this weekend. Mm. Like some other individuals that we know mutually. But for me, if I continue to look forward and gather all this information, gather all this knowledge, experience, and take it home, mm. that's the goal. Because well, my, my society, although I had a positive impact, I was the one in 100. We have 3,000 people in Tomari Nui, just so you know. So I was one in a very small group that was lucky enough to get a, a, a nice environment. And and even from there, being a Māori in such an environment, growing up comfortably. I, I won't say that I, I was fed with a silver spoon, but I was I was fed with a wooden spoon, and if I wasn't listening, it would smack me on the ass. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, but Literally. Kapoi. Like, I, I just want to impact my my, uh, my community, mm. whether it's Taumari Nui, whether it's my Māwano, my Marae, or if I have the ability to expand out and go to Uruapi district or even further. I think I think most small town people who end up, you know, going to develop their lives a little bit more have the similar feeling. Um, especially those who have come up through struggle. Um, like, you know, yourself and I. Um, not necessarily a huge struggle, but they have a vision of seeing their town in a bit of a better state than when they were in it. Yeah. And then you know, try and avoid those. Try and avoid those poles. That's mm. that's what it is. Sometimes mm. you just got to work to avoid them, or if you can, uh, work to take them out. Mm. See, that's that's that that's that uh, fence at the top of the cliff rather than the ambulance at the bottom, brother. Get older. If Get there's older. anything I learned from Maori Health, that statement right there. Who was your teacher for Maori Health? I can't remember his name. Wasn't it Matua Jordan? Yes, it was wow. Matua Jordan Whitey. Kilda, Kilda. Brother, brother, mm. I was posed this question by by a learned individual here at the university. Um, so just to give you a bit of context, I was helping him, and we were having a good yarn. We were having a, a comfortable yarn, and he was telling me about, in class, his lecturer said to him, to the whole class, 
you are all critical thinkers. And then he asked me, as well as the other people that were sitting at the table with him, do you think university students are critical thinkers? And I, I now pose that question to you because it's a very interesting topic. Why are you asking me? That's the worst question to ask me. No, I think it's really good. I think it's really good. <sighs> okay. Are uni students critical thinkers? Yes. All right. I think... Look at me trying to be all political about this answer. Fucking... How, how the fuck is this politics? No, no, no. It's just the way I've, I, I line myself up to answer it, but I'm just going to answer it straight <laughs> out. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think they are. I think... I think... <coughs> I think each uni student has the ability to think critically. Ooh, he's on. Notice how I just reloaded my gun with his question and shot it back at him. That's that's quick reload perk for you. That's that's the that's the the Raven perk. Um, yeah. Anyway, you're playing too much COD, brother. Anyway, um, I think probably about maybe thirty percent of uni students um, choose not to. I'm included in that thirty percent. I'll be honest. It's it's our fucking podcast. All good. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, ju- I just think if um, if we really understood the ability to think critically a little bit more, um, and I'm talking about individuals like myself who don't use it all the time, the amount of information we could dissect from a particular subject and use it like in an actually good way, rather than just for a grade or oh, mana, mm. mana. Mm. Because it's a it's a really it's a really in depth question that he asked. Mm. And see, um, how I interpreted the question is that I rearranged it, but differently to how you did. You basically said the exact same thing. Mm. But what I said is, is that I believe every individual on this earth is a critical thinker, but it depends on the context, mm. whether it is sufficient. Have you placed yourself, Mr. Harley Patira, Hello. within the world of music? Mm. You can critically analyze the situation that is to come up before you approach it and succinctly and efficiently resolve it. Mm. But if we were to place you into an uncomfortable situation that you have no experience in, you may be able to critically analyse it, but will it be sufficient and succinct as you want? Maybe not. So it's dependent on your environment, your background and your perspectives, whether or not you can critically analyse and approach the situation with full capacity. Man, what is this class? I don't know. I didn't take the class. He just told me. <laughs> you man, it's it's a it's a really good question, though, don't you think? It, it is. It is. But um, yeah, don't even ask me a question like that again, please. Okay. <laughs> so, how much were those chocolate covered teddy bears? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we should just wrap it up there. <laughs> you know what? To wrap it up, to wrap it up, I'll tell you one story, one small story, because you told us you told a primary school story. Mm. Um. You know what, brother? You know how everyone's getting into the NFT game right now? Oh, yep. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, I was a bit of an early investor when I was uh, eight years old. You, oh, I was going to say. So I was not an NFT man. I was a Hamuwiti man. Hamuwiti, <laughs> <laughs> well, no. They, uh, I don't know if that translates to sandwiches, it but does. to me it does. <laughs> uh, when I was eight years old, ooh, I was sharp. Ooh, I was sharp. Ooh. See, my brother here, if he, was ever, if he was ever hungry and he met me, Brother, do you want a sandwich? 50 cents, huh? Hey. 50 cents for half. For half? Yeah, oh, what a lucrative venture. Yeah, brother. And you know what? I walked out every day with a good couple dollars. <laughs> and do you know where those couple dollars went to? What? My nan's hand after a back end. 
stop selling your food, boy. Oh, I'm sorry, Neil. I won't do it again. Uh, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> but you know, you know what? That's the precursor for pretty much every single store in history. Uh, You're selling your own product and you got whacked for it. Yep. You know why? Because you knew that money was going straight to your nan. Mm. And nan was going to lap it up. Because mm. yeah. I would do the same. Let's remember, bro. One dollar $1 breads at the time. Mm. I was making a... 50 cent sandwiches. I was selling 50 cent sandwiches for half a bread, brother. That's on. That's on. And uh, with that with that lucrative um, venture, I think we should end it there. Yeah, I think the main the main moral of this cordial, I oh, no. Sell your sandwiches. Think critically. And... Don't steal chocolate-covered teddy bears. Kia This is Two Sudu Podcast with your hosts, Fine. And Crave. And our lovely esteemed member, Steen. Kia ora. We need to figure out an outro, but kia ora. Kia ora. That was a lot. That was a lot.